This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Today, as we just said before the break, is the busiest travel day of the holiday season. More than 124,000 people are expected to pass through Pearson Airport today, and that's compared to about 87,000 on a regular day. Between today and January the 3rd, nearly 1.9 million passengers are expected to travel through the airport. That's just one airport here in Toronto. And one survey I looked at, and this surprised me, I have to say, that a full 42% of Canadians expect to take a winter holiday this season. The average spend for that winter holiday is going to be about 2600 bucks per household. That's quite a fair chunk of change. So what are the trends? Where are the best places to go to get the most out of your uh, Canadian dollars? So I'm here with Vivian Vassos, executive editor at Zoomer Magazine and traveler extraordinaire. Hi, Vivian. Hi, Libby. And Jennifer Hendry, senior research associate with the Canadian Tourism Research Institute. Hi, Jennifer. Hello, how are you today? Fine. So what are the main trends that you're finding, Jennifer? Well, we're, we're seeing that even though there are some economic fluctuations, Canadians love to travel. They are leaving the country and traveling domestically in record numbers. And this winter looks like it's going to be another record season for leisure travel. Okay, well, you know, the, the season started very mild. For me, that's always the indicator. If, if it's mild here, I don't have to go. But uh, it's, we got a big blast of winter, and it, it, the word is that we're getting more to come. Vivian, what do you find are the best winter escapes? Well, of course, we all want to get to the sun. Mexico is still a hot topic. But we're also interested in places that may be in change somewhere that we've gone often in the past but want to experience a new way like Cuba for example it's bigger bang for your buck the beaches are gorgeous but there's also an incredible array of UNESCO World Heritage Sites and Zoomers love history and love to have a bit more culture. Is Cuba going to become more expensive now that it's opened up for Americans that was we always thought well we're getting a deal in Cuba because Americans can't go there. I believe it will but I also believe that that will be worth it. Higher-end hotels, better service, better food, it's all going to come. And Canadians love value, and when they can see a value in what they're spending, they're going to go for it. Mexico, you know, we were just talking about terrorism and safety with traveling, and and Mexico uh, is fantastic, but every season there's always something bad that happens to someone. It, It usually looks like crime, not terrorism, but how safe is it? Mexico is very safe. It's a very safe destination. It really, it really comes down to the traveler being savvy and being aware of their surroundings. The resorts take great pride in keeping their, their guests safe and giving them that feeling of security and community. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, what uh, are you, Jennifer, finding in terms of a trend? Is it, is it just a matter for people of getting to somewhere warm, or is it there more to it than that? There's definitely more to it. The, the Canada's boomers are the, the, the main outbound pleasure travel market right now. So tour operators and other travel providers are really changing their product to cater to that group and, and attract them. So there is a lot of demand, definitely yes, for warm climates. Some, some U.S. destinations, traditional U.S. destinations, but there's also a lot of demand for those non-traditional destinations, bucket list destinations to be cliché. Uh, many older Canadians are taking those once-in-a-lifetime trips to long-haul destinations such as Australia, Africa, South America. They're looking for adventure. They're looking for experience and authenticity. Vivian, you were just talking about those kinds of trips and saying that this is really the time to take that dare I say, also expensive trip. Why is that and where are you thinking? Well, absolutely. Places like South Africa, for example, I think a lot of people dream of that African safari, but the cities are also fantastic and they've really stepped up on the safety front. But our dollar really does go a lot farther in places like South Africa. So the Rand versus Zaluni, it's a really good deal. Our flights are maintaining their status quo as far as prices um, the, India is another destination that you and I have been talking about. This whole idea of experience and what's it all about and a little bit of spirit and still having the opportunity to entrench yourself in an interesting, fascinating culture and learning something and being able to take it away with you. Uh, yes, I know. It, India is sort of one of those trips that for some reason I've never managed to take. And it's like, it really is a, a, a bucket list thing. And uh, one of the things actually my husband keeps telling me, because he's been there, is that, you know, don't think that you have to take three weeks or a month. It's, you know, the world is small now and you can go for two weeks and there are direct flights and you'll be a little tired for a day. But And the tour operators really are on top of it. Just as Jennifer said, they're really working on getting us to go. They've got local guides, they have local experiences, they have art, cooking, private tours, uh, behind the scenes things that you can do now in places like India and South Africa, even in, in the real, the places that you always want to go to keep going back to like Rome or London or Paris. London is another example of even though it's been difficult based on the loony and the pound, now that the Brexit is here, the pound is lower. You can actually afford to go for a great long weekend in London now versus even a year ago. I'm going to give the numbers again, people. If you have questions about travel, about destinations, anything to do with it, give us a shout. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm on with Jennifer Hendry, who is the Senior Research Associate with the Canadian Tourism Research Institute, and Vivian Vassos, Executive Editor at Zoomer Magazine. And uh, Vivian, I want to ask you about Zoomers, boomers. How much do people in our uh, demographic want convenience and want it all packaged up? Or how much would people rather kind of, quote, discover things on their own? I think that our readers and uh, Zoomers and boomers in general do want that advisor. They want the luxury. They want someone to help them package it, help them work what it is their goals are. Even to the point now where I've spoken with 
finance advisors who are telling us that our readers want travel as one of their top three investment goals for their retirement. So it's it's not just the travel advisor or the tour operator. It's also right from the get-go, I want to save this so I can get this. Our readers, and I think boomers in general, are looking, they book hotels for a week or more. So that's a big chunk of change, as you as you said earlier. So they are looking for those experiences. And with hotels in particular, they're also looking for a hotel to act as a conduit now as well, not just a tour operator who has a coach or a cruise ship. They're looking at hotel operators to give them the sense of the neighborhood, the top concierge picks. And you can get all that stuff. And it it doesn't cost any more to get the list of where to go now in the neighborhood or to have a local guided tour or um, that extra added service. So it, it is definitely a huge trend that I don't think is going to go away. Jennifer, what what is your research showing on that? Absolutely agree with what Vivian said. The other the other trend too for for many boomers is multiple short getaway trips. So to be able to access group tours with flexible itineraries through the provider of their accommodation service or other uh, transportation service, for example, is really creating a lot of demand for more and more of those products. So they're becoming more available. I, I sorry, go ahead. Right, I was just going to say uh, the the other thing we noticed that was a bit surprising with one of our last consumer surveys is the the sharing economy. The Airbnb opportunity is is actually creating a lot of uh, opportunity for the senior traveler because there are many partnerships that a Airbnb has with specific groups that almost like a matching service they offer the opportunity for seniors to stay with senior hosts. So it gives them the opportunity to connect with like-minded travelers, and that host can act as their tour guide and, and provide the inside scoop on a location. So it's, that was an interesting trend that, uh, that has recently started to crop up. And, and make it seem authentic. And, I mean, honestly, you know, a good hotel in, in a major city, it costs a fortune. It's three or 400 bucks a night compared to what you can do with, with an Airbnb. Absolutely. Vivian is nodding her head. <laughs> but I also think that a lot comes with that three or $400 a night, as I was saying, a true conduit to a neighborhood. An Airbnb is, has answered the demand of, of the older traveler. I don't think it was focused to that to begin with, but now they've answered that demand by, by creating these more match match services. Absolutely. So I think with, with a good hotel in a good neighborhood, it's it's really it's dependent on them to provide a lot more. Some hotel chains and cruise lines are, are offering airline services, they're offering cooking classes, they're offering partnerships with on the ground on the ocean, it's it's a multi sort of. They're becoming their own sort of tour operator in themselves, and I I think with the staycation, and of course I don't know we haven't touched on it yet, but Canada's 150. Being the 150th birthday next year, I think the hotels and the tour operators in Canada are really going to have to step it up because staycations are definitely again a trend that's here to stay. Yeah. I, I I don't know how popular they'd be at the height of the winter, though. <laughs> Not necessarily, but that's the point. I think Canada does winter better than anybody else. And places like Quebec City, I think, are 
going to be hot and continue to be even hotter. And that, again, is the city, the people, the, the hotels. They provide this experience that is once in a lifetime that you can take away without freezing your toes off completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to ask, you know, the traditional destinations in the United States, and, and this is totally unscientific. It's just among some of my friends, people who love those places, especially this year with the election, a lot of them are just fine. People in that part of the world are extremely conservative. They carry guns. And a a lot of my friends, even some that actually have places there, are just, uh, I would say, put off by that. Is that making a difference in where snowbirds go? We're definitely seeing it in our numbers. There, there's, all, there's still demand for those warmer climate U.S. destinations, Florida, California, Arizona, Hawaii, uh, among others. But while the, the older you get, the more likely you are to stay closer to home, the U.S. included, we're actually seeing double-digit growth in overseas travel rather than U.S. travel. U.S. travel is down quite a bit. And the proportion of, of total outbound travelers that are going to the U.S. is is down. So that's connected to demographics and the 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 time frame, the timing of people wanting to experience new things. But I think it's also, as you say, linked to the current political climate. Vivian, go ahead. I think also the demographic is not necessarily always looking to. F- to just fly and flop on a beach. They want warmer weather. They may have a place in Florida or in Arizona, but as the political climate <laughs> continues to roil in south of the border, they are looking at places that might have good weather, but have more to offer as well. So they could be looking at Portugal, for example. It's, it's warm enough, and it's also culturally rich, and it's inexpensive in comparison to other high-end um, areas of Europe. So they're looking at Portugal. They're looking at maybe going somewhere where it's summer, where it's winter here. So New Zealand, for example, ease of language, great food, fresh air, cool people. So they're looking at that, again, bucket list sort of destination. South America as well as another one, climbing Machu Picchu. This could be the year for that. And it, it, we might not be able to do that for that much longer. Exactly, and adventure and active. Are, we talked about this briefly. It, we, we are still very active. We can get up and go. So why not do it while we can? And again, the prices for a South American trip, particularly Peru, are, you see they are coming down rather than going up. They want to attract people. And I think they're, they understand that Canadians want to travel. We have a ton of people that have passports. And we have the money to travel and experience new things. There's Costa Rica. I know a lot of people who are choosing Costa Rica. Yes, and, yes. and the other thing uh, and it's is... it's rainforest, not so much beach. Mostly yeah. it's very intense, lush, green nature. And the other thing is, well, they have a peace deal in Colombia, which used to be one of yes. the most dangerous places on Earth. Are people going to Colombia? Not, not as much as the surrounding countries you do we do see numbers uh, uh, quite a high volume of numbers going to as you mentioned costa rica belize is another one guatemala venezuela used to be popular but again there's a (laughs) political situation is is affecting that tourism industry 
I think it, it'll take a little while for people to get their head around places like Colombia, which is opening up. And there are people traveling there uh, and experiencing that culture. And I think, and even we we talked about Iran earlier, and it's starting to open up again as, as a destination. And I think it's going to take a few years for people to actually get their head around the idea of of these places. I think people in our demographic are looking more to... Uh, that experience that may be more, let's say, pilgrimage, for example. But the pilgrimage now has changed. It's not just about um, a faith pilgrimage. It's about food pilgrimage, wine pilgrimage. So maybe you're going to go to Israel for the history, but you're also going to go to Tel Aviv and eat like an, a king because the food scene is amazing there. Or you're going to go to northern Portugal or northern Spain, and you're going to do the traditional, you know, the walk, the Campostello, but at the same time you're getting the best food and some of the best wine in the world. So the pilgrimage sort of is another trend that we're seeing instead of just your pilgrimage to Florida. So is are, are people actually uh, calling these trips, uh, I would guess they'd be bucket list trips, pilgrimage? Jennifer? We, we haven't seen that uh, mentioned in our, in our surveys or anecdotally. They, they may be thinking that, but not calling them that. That's my own little word for it. That's I what like I'm it. Seeing. I like yeah. it. That's what I'm seeing. And based on my travels, people are making these experiential. Again, India would be another place. The idea of, of the spirit and, the, and, and yoga, for example, or the mind-body connection. And also experiencing the incredible architecture and people. And food. The food, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah except, def- except you have to be careful. about... about- like thematic trips and the and the niche markets and and you mentioned it earlier, Vivian. And it's actually the the industry a few years ago expected the demise of the travel agent, but because they were able to adapt and provide itineraries that that specifically focused on niches that were attracting the boomer market, they've been able to thrive and offer these appealing trip options. I I. Okay, here's something where, where I have to say, I have never liked booking online. No place I've ever booked actually in real life looks the way it looks on those pictures. Uh, and I don't really know. And, and when I hook up with a travel agent who is good and who understands what I want, I'm totally happy to pay for that service because it, it's a service and it makes the difference between a great trip and a not great trip. And it gives 100%. you it gives you a, a, an and out. I mean, we started earlier in the in the show. You were talking about something that is affected by, or travel is affected by. And sometimes you are in a place, let's say Paris or Berlin, and if you're with a guided tour, or if you're with someone who has booked you, knows where you are at all times. There's, it's actually a safety measure as well, and it's worth every penny to know that you can just pick up the phone and your advisor can say, okay, this is what you have to do, or if you're with a coach tour or a cruise ship, they know exactly what to do, they know exactly where to get you, they have safe places, and I think that's also important for people to understand that it's, it's, travel is still really safe, and we as Canadians, we have a global outlook, and it, it, we we should go. We need to keep going. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, I th- I think everyone would agree with that. Should we be uh, like we did when we were kids, uh, sewing uh, little Canadian flags on our backpacks? We're very welcome all over the world, which is a great thing. Uh, so, uh, what about are, are people venturing to uh, cooler destinations, even if it's winter? 
Uh, Europe? Europe is doing amazing. Europe and Asia, uh, Asia Pacific destinations have been bucking the trend and posting very large proportional growth over the last uh, couple of seasons. Europe's not traditionally a winter travel destination for Canadians, but it's one of the highest regions for travel intentions this coming winter. Uh, and why would you think that, Vivian? Well, I think Brexit's one reason. As I said, the pound is is softer; it's weaker, so it gives us a little more leeway with our with our loony, so we can get to the UK. Uh, as uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're all we all sort of dream of these culinary desti- historically rich in culinary destinations like France and Italy, um, but we can do it a little cheaper in Spain and Portugal, and the weather's probably a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the idea of Greece again, it could be a Grexit. It's like this get there before it's gone kind of idea. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, some of these places they have such a finely honed method of hospitality. I mean, no one does it better than Greece. It's like welcoming. They just know, they just do hospitality right. So you know when you go. It's part of their culture. Exactly. So the food's amazing. And the food's amazing and the history's amazing. And there are so many untouched areas of these countries that people can continue to discover, particularly with an advisor who can, you know. Is is Greece, well, obviously when, when you had all that turmoil in Greece that affected tourism, are they recovering from that? They're down a bit so far this year, but the operators and the hoteliers have been working really hard to market their product and show that it's safe and they've recovered and to attract that uh, customer back again. But I think one of the main draws in Europe also is the European River Cruise. It has expanded so dramatically because of the opportunity to go into those smaller ports see many locations without having to hop on and off a plane every single day. Or unpack and pack every day. Yeah, exactly. You're catered to. You. I love that. Yeah, unpack once. So how is the cruise business doing? We haven't discussed it yet. Cruising is very, very, very important. And the the trend in cruising actually with with boomers is multi-generational travel. The cruise lines have done a really great job at continuing to offer activities for all age groups and so they've been very successful in attracting families the grandparents come with their kids and their grandkids and they make that the once in a lifetime uh, family trip rather and in some cases it's replacing your traditional you know thanksgiving or christmas gathering yeah, and, and we're seeing more of that even on the river cruise ships, which are traditionally quite small. So they usually have anywhere from 30 to 100 cabins. So they're quite small. And so we're even seeing family and family itineraries geared toward having the whole multi-gen on the smaller ships. And again, it's uh, it's it's intimate and it's they're putting ships in on rivers that they haven't um, explored yet. Some of these rivers only have water in them at certain times of the year, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or you can only go so far. So there's a lot of emerging emerging destinations, even on the river cruise, uh, European river cruise, Asia as well. They're doing a lot of a lot of river cruising in Asia, and uh, that's a growth area. I mean, I have to say, I've been on two cruises. 
Love them both, and and I really love that pack and unpack once because it's such a hassle. It can be it can be a hassle, absolutely. But I, I do know that some of my contacts in the river cruise industry, uh, Canada just is great great guns for you know just love to go to to Europe via river, and I think packing the pack, unpacking once is probably part of the uh, part of the appeal. Okay, ladies, uh, we're basically out of time. Uh, Ten seconds. Jennifer? Travel. It's the best education, the best experience you can have. Viv? I say just go. And we're just wrapping up our 17 for 2017 at everythingzoomer.com. So make sure you check out where we are going next. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Jennifer Hendry from the Canadian Tourism Research Institute and Vivian Vassos, Executive Editor at Zoomer Magazine. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.